0: This is the Thursday edition of Transformation Radio.
1: And as we turn our attention to the New Testament, today we'll be reading from the book of John, chapter 11, verse 55, through chapter 12, verse 19. There's a fragrance here. What would your plans be if you knew you had only six days to live? Well, Jesus took time to visit dear friends and fellowship with them. Mary's adoration not only revealed her love, but it brought joy to his heart, exposed Judas's sin, and gave the church an example to follow. Are the places where you go filled with Christ's fragrance because of you? And there was a huge festival that takes place in John chapter 12 as uh, we read, Jesus took advantage of the large Passover crowd to present himself as king. He was forcing the Jewish leaders to act, for it was the Father's will that Jesus die on Passover. The crowd did not stay with him. You know, it's easier to shout in a parade than stand at a cross. And with that, let's begin today's reading in the New Testament. May 21st, the New Testament. John chapter 11, verse 55. Through chapter 12, verse 19, It was now almost time for the Jewish Passover celebration, and many people from all over the country arrived in Jerusalem several days early so they could go through the purification ceremony before Passover began. They kept looking for Jesus, but as they stood around in the temple, they said to each other, What do you think? He won't come for Passover, will he? Meanwhile, the leading priests and Pharisees, had publicly ordered that anyone seeing Jesus must report it immediately so they could arrest Him. Six days before the Passover celebration began, Jesus arrived in Bethany, the home of Lazarus, the man He had raised from the dead. A dinner was prepared in Jesus' honor. Martha served, and Lazarus was among those who ate with Him. Then Mary took a twelve-ounce jar of expensive perfume made from the essence of nard, and she anointed Jesus' feet with it, wiping his feet with her hair. The house was filled with the fragrance. But Judas Iscariot, the disciple who would soon betray him, said, That perfume was worth a year's wages. It should have been sold and the money given to the poor. Not that he cared for the poor. He was a thief. And since he was in charge of the disciples' money, he often stole some for himself. Jesus replied, Leave her alone. She did this in preparation for my burial. You will always have the poor among you, but you will not always have me. When all the people heard of Jesus' arrival, they flocked to see him and also to see Lazarus, the man Jesus had raised from the dead. Then the leading priests decided to kill Lazarus too, for it was because of him that many of the people had deserted them and believed in Jesus. The next day... The news that Jesus was on the way to Jerusalem swept through the city. A large crowd of Passover visitors took palm branches and went down the road to meet him. They shouted, Praise God! Blessings on the one who comes in the name of the Lord! Hail to the King of Israel! Jesus found a young donkey and rode on it, fulfilling the prophecy that said, Don't be afraid, people of Jerusalem. Look, your king is coming riding on a donkey's colt. His disciples didn't understand at the time that this was a fulfillment of prophecy, but after Jesus entered into his glory, they remembered what had happened, and realized that these things had been written about him. Many in the crowd had seen Jesus call Lazarus from the tomb, raising him from the dead, and they were telling others about it. That was the reason so many went out to meet him, because they had heard about this miraculous sign— Then the Pharisees said to each other, There's nothing we can do. Look, everyone has gone after him. Today we're reading in Psalm 118, verses 1 through 18. The Jewish people sing Psalms 113 to 118 at Passover, so this is one of the songs that Jesus sang before he went to the garden to pray. If you knew you were going to be executed unjustly, Would you be able to sing praises to the Lord? Well, this is also a messianic psalm that we'll be reading here. The crowds shouted verses uh, 25 through 26 as Jesus rode into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday. And Jesus quoted verses 22 and 23 in his debate with the religious leaders. But it's also a song of praise, thanking God for deliverance from a difficult situation. The name of the Lord and the hand of the Lord Can give you victory when you need it. When you're hemmed in by the enemy, cry out to God, and He will put you into a a broad place with no restriction. He will open the gates for you and give you some new freedom. Psalm 118, verses 1 through 18. Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. His faithful love endures forever. Let all Israel repeat. His faithful love endures forever. Let Aaron's descendants, the priests, repeat, His faithful love endures forever. Let all who fear the Lord repeat, His faithful love endures forever. In my distress, I prayed to the Lord, and the Lord answered me and set me free. The Lord is for me, so I will have no fear. What can mere people do to me? Yes, the Lord is for me, He will help me. I will look in triumph at those who hate me. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in people. Yes, the Lord is for me. He will help me. I will look in triumph at those who hate me. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in princes. Though hostile nations surrounded me, I destroyed them all with the authority of the Lord. Yes, they surrounded and attacked me, but I destroyed them all with the authority of the Lord. They swarmed around me like bees. They blazed against me like a crackling fire. But I destroyed them all with the authority of the Lord. My enemies did their best to kill me, but the Lord rescued me. The Lord is my strength and my song. He has given me victory. Songs of joy and victory are sung in the camp of the godly. The strong right arm of the Lord has done glorious things. The strong right arm of the Lord... Is raised in triumph. The strong right arm of the Lord has done glorious things. I will not die. Instead, I will live to tell what the Lord has done. The Lord has punished me severely, but he did not let me die. Proverbs chapter 15, verses 24 through 26. The path of life leads upward for the wise. They leave the grave behind. The Lord tears down the house of the proud, but He protects the property of widows. The Lord detests evil plans, but He delights in pure words.
0: It's part of life Don't let that move
2: Today's In Touch Devotion
1: Today's scripture reading begins in verse 18 of Matthew, chapter 4. Now as Jesus was walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who was called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Immediately they left their nets and followed him. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James the son of Zebedee and John his brother, in the boat with Zebedee their father, mending their nets, and he called them. Immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him.
2: Dr. Stanley says, I've been a Christian for many years, and not once has God asked me, Charles, what do you want to do? The Lord doesn't change his plans to suit my purposes or yours. Instead, He asks us to adjust our lives to align with His will. One change He often requires has to do with lifestyle. Peter, Andrew, James, and John were fishermen before they became Jesus' disciples. Their lives revolved around the details of their occupation, equipment repair, weather conditions, catching fish, and turning a profit. But when Jesus called them to become fishers of men, they willingly and suddenly made a dramatic change. In contrast, the rich young ruler walked away sad when he realized what he'd have to give up to follow Christ. An invitation from the Lord usually means modifying our way of living. Whether this involves switching jobs or altering habits, God expects us to adapt to His plan. At times, the Lord may call for a shift in our relationships. Before being invited to travel in Jesus' company, James and John worked in the family business with their father saying yes to god meant seeing friends and relatives less frequently pursuing his plan may mean the same thing for us but in matthew 19 verse 29 christ promises great reward for the sacrifices we make our heavenly father's plans are based on his goodness justice and mercy because of his perfect character we can trust the direction he gives us adjusting to god's design Accepting His will and making the needed changes in our circumstances and relationships is always the wisest action we can take.
0: The Lared Business Network, in association with the Refuge Ministries, presents one of the 40 principles of the Foundation for Achievement.
3: John, this next principle is so powerful, it's the productivity principle of direction. And it's based upon Proverbs 20, verse 24. Since the Lord is directing our steps, why try to understand everything that happens along the way? Yeah, that
4: is very, very interesting because it's uh, talking about direction. But the key point there also is that, that since the Lord is directing our steps, well, he may be directing our steps, but he may not. We have to first find out whether we are being directed by God or not. So that's, that's a critical point in this, uh, huh. in this lesson here.
3: Okay, let's visit the Lared principle. This one's going to be interesting. <laughs> Direction is primarily for those who want to go somewhere. We all get somewhere, some intentionally, and others with a planned strategy. Either way, we should ask ourselves, is God directing our steps, or are we on our own way? The question is, how can we know that God is directing our steps? First, we must be honest with ourselves and do what we know we should. An honest heart is always looking for and responding to truth. The honesty in our hearts creates an environment where God can influence us through our conscience or through our friends who walk with God.
4: We wouldn't have to go any further than that. That that sums up a lot about direction. First of all, uh, only people that need to have direction are the people that want to go somewhere. If a person is not looking for future, is not looking, planning strategy, and, and and going somewhere, he's not even interested in direction. He just wants to respond to what's there. He just wants to live in his own world, and he's not interested in the plan or uh, goals or anywhere, so he doesn't even need direction. Because if if you were to go on vacation or something, and you wouldn't have a plan, you'd wind up somewhere, not intentionally. Yes, you know. I mean, so that's a critical point. Uh, but uh, we have to find out whether God is really directing our steps. Uh, and the first point is that that we have to be honest with ourselves. Uh, people that are honest usually always find their way through life, and they'll just go through a sense of discovery. An honest heart is always looking for a response to good faith and good things that are solid. And so the key to almost everything in life is the honesty of a person. Yes. Dealing with yourself. You look in the mirror and you, you are honest with yourself because you can't go anywhere, you can't plan anything unless you know who you are and where you're at. Because you, it starts by you're looking on a map, I'm here, where am I going? So you have to start
3: with where you're at. There are three benefits we get by allowing God to direct our steps. Number one, we get a positive walk. God's ordered steps are proven, for he is the way.
4: That's right. If you check all of history and uh, throughout of history, the people that were moved by God, uh, they found God faithful, or God found God's principles uh, trustworthy, and so uh, the, those steps are proven. It's not a new way. It's, it might be a new way for you. But God's ways have been a proven fact of life, and uh, that brings you a positive walk. You just know that you're going to come out right in the end.
3: The second is a faith walk. We do not have to understand everything because we know our end. That's right.
4: There's times in our lives when we are kind of lost. We don't feel like we're going anywhere, but uh, we walk by faith then. In those times, we walk by faith. We travel. We don't see any road signs. We've driven uh, 30 miles. We've not seen a road sign. But you were on the right road sign, so you just keep on driving, keep on running until you see the next sign. So it's a faith walk. There's times in our lives when we practice enough to have faith that we're on the right track from where we were. So, again, it comes down to honesty. Follow it, keep on going, and then other signs will show up, and you'll, you'll find it.
3: And number three, a walk in gladness. We know where we are going and what we are doing. That's really what brings joy. Huh? That,
4: that's really what it does is because you know what your destiny uh-huh. is. You, you know where you're going to go. Not just the heaven. You just know where you're going to go in life, and that's what brings joy. Is because you're not going. Uh, you're not just wandering in the wilderness. You are moving towards a target, towards something, uh-huh. and that makes you happy because you
3: can measure it. Then, it is easy to walk with God if we know that He is directing our path. Walking with God comes from doing things that we know are pleasing to Him. We don't have to understand everything that happens, but we will always have to do what we know is right. Doing wrong kills our faith and brings guilt. Guilt will destroy not only our business but also our lives because we lose direction and doubt ourselves.
4: Oh, that's so powerful i mean that 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 there's a big lesson in that because walking with God comes from doing the things that we know are pleasing to Him. And you know, it, it's in my walk. Uh, I remember saying, like, when I first became a believer, you know, uh, I did not understand a lot of things. I mean, but I walked in the things that I knew. And I was just as happy as I am now. Yet I know a, a hundred times more than I did then. I did not understand God's ways, I didn't understand uh, a lot of things that I understand now. But I was just as happy because I was doing what I knew was right. And so every position in life and every point of life that you're walking out, if you just do what you know is right, you'll stay happy and you'll stay positive and part of the faith walk because you have to do the things that, that make your conscience work in your favor. And then the subconscious picks it up and then growth comes right along with it. Uh, and it's a long lesson in that, but that, that's a powerful thought there.
3: Guilt makes us run from our problems and eventually become ashamed of ourselves. But when we do what we know is right, we feel good about ourselves and towards God. We feel free and unashamed. We feel fearless of whom we might run into because the righteous are bold as lions. Not everything we do may work, but we know that by doing right and walking in steps ordered by God, we will win in the end. Since we know we are going to overcome, we don't get discouraged. If we keep walking in his ways, believing and trying to do what we know is right, eventually we will achieve our goals. <laughs> I could talk
4: I could talk for hours just about experiences that I always say this, I will always win. I'll always win. I just don't know when. You know, <laughs> and even dead or alive, yes. I'll win. Because something that walking with God and walking with his principles and walking with truth and being honest with yourself does something to the character and the nature of a person. He doesn't have to get frustrated when things don't go right, and you. It may seem like you're losing and stuff like that, but if you're honest with yourself, and just follow and just keep on going, you have endurance, and uh, you won't be ashamed. You'll be fearless in the things, but you're open to education, you're open to understanding, and all that. And then that somehow I don't, I can't explain it, but somehow it puts a faith in you. That just won't quit. It's like a, a bowling uh, pin. It's like when 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 you knock it over, it comes back up. We used to have one at home when I was a kid. That uh, it was heavy on the bottom, and then you'd knock it over, and it, you'd watch it <laughs> a little bit, and it just wobble and wobble it would and come move. back up, and they come back up, and then 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 you'd knock it down again. You could not <gasps> that keep is it down. So good. And a person that's walking with God, you can't keep them down. They keep coming back up because they're founded on principles. Mm-hmm and they have direction in their life and they know that they're right because they may not know everything they may not be the smartest people but they know that they're right in where they're at at that moment and they're open to new light and things like that and so you keep on going it's it's just it's just uh, that's why they become fearless uh they be, they become unashamed they become fearless and they just keep going they may seem like ignorant and unlearned men but they'll win <laughs> that's
3: mm-hmm. good It is difficult to accept directions from someone who we don't know or has no previous track record. But the more we learn from God and His ways, the more we will trust in His direction. Because He has a history of directing people and making heroes who win at the game of life. It is always important to try to understand why things are the way they are. But there is also a time when we need to just put our trust in God and keep on going. Even if we don't understand everything. We can walk by faith for a while.
4: that's really true. and you know uh, the way we learn to trust God is is uh, by learning as to who he is and what he is and what he's done and it's a track record for ourselves example, we don't we don't naturally trust the person at first. Uh, trust is earned saying like and as we learn uh, the history of that person, we learn the uh, the reputation of the person, his behavior and the more we understand of that person. Then trust is built. So it's an, so it's kind of a, a battle, uphill battle, until you reach a certain point, and then at that point you start trusting it. And God is that way, is that that in the game of life He set a rule, and he's, he's His history is good. He's He's positive. He He's there to help us, and we can walk by faith, even though we don't understand everything. Uh, we may be the early disciples; they were called ignorant and unlearned men, but they had faith and confidence in something. And they were probably not the smartest people in the world. They were were not considered that way. But they had faith and they had trust in God because they understood his behavior and what he stood for. That's powerful.
3: Only things that move need steering. If we don't believe that God is directing us, we need to reevaluate our actions and intents because faith and trust come from listening to what truth is speaking to our hearts. When God speaks, we should follow. This will determine God's level of trust in us and our trust in him. He has lots of good things for us, such as life, liberty, and prosperity, if we allow him to direct our steps.
4: That is really true. Uh, if our hearts condemn us, uh, it's because we know that we're doing something wrong.
3: Uh, and if
4: our hearts condemn us, there's nothing that we can do. It's it's important to understand this, that it's one thing to trust God, but it's another thing to, for God to trust us.
3: I totally believe that.
4: And uh, if... Because God can only pass on things, and we stop our own growth of knowledge based upon how we function. It's like going up a, a ladder, saying like, uh, and every ladder has a principle, every every so it's an, an order that for climbing. And if you don't deal with the principle of that step, uh, then that step is not there. You can't step on it. So you can't go to the step above that until you deal with a step that's there. Oh that is very critical. And and God's God functions by His own rules, and so He will not have any trust more than what we are walking into it. And if we deal with every step that we walk into, then God can expose more to it. Same as same as uh, same pr- principle in business. And like if you have a manager, you give him more responsibility based upon your trust in him, based upon his behavior of the past, and he's accomplished this. He's accomplished this, and then you upgrade him. That's the way God is. We trust we trust our managers more. So God trusts us more. And we get more for that then, too. That's a very powerful principle in direction. I mean,
3: we're talking about direction. Practice doing what you know is right for one week. You will be amazed at how much you will sense the Lord directing your steps, and you won't insist on understanding everything, because the Lord directs the steps of a good man. Not accepting God's direction is like saying that we are smarter than he is. Only the fool says, there is no God. Oh, is that, that powerful?
4: You know, not accepting God's direction is like saying that we are smarter than God. Wow. And, and that's a favorite line of mine is I, I ask people sometimes when they argue with me about certain things, I say, are you smarter than God? And they say, well, no. I say, well, why don't you listen to him? You know, it's funny how we, we we would not acknowledge that we're smarter than God, but we don't even obey simple commands of God. And if we don't obey them, we're really saying to God, I know more than you do. I'm smarter than you and that's critical because God's trust in us based upon how, what we believe in Him and what we practice. So we have to be careful or we will act like we know more than God and smarter than God.
3: How often, John, have you had to change direction in your life? Has that ever happened to you? Uh,
4: all the time. It, uh, I've never had to do what you call a lot of major changes.
3: Not from north to south, but maybe no. from north no. to northeast. Always,
4: always. That's a constant. Uh, so, so it's not like... Uh, it's not like U-turns or it's not like 90-degree uh, uh, angles. It's like a constant steering of right and wrong, uh, left and right. You know, it's a constant steering of making adjustments as you go along. Downsizing in a business is because you don't make the little adjustments along the way. It's like you go too far in a direction without analyzing it and, and without seeing ahead or watching the direction, and then you get out of touch and then you get in trouble. Then you've got to make big changes. And uh, so, so, but I, I, I live under constant change even to this day right now. You know, I, I, I still make changes as you go along. It's, it's a common thing to live in little changes. Big changes are really hard and we won't make them unless we're forced to. So when our businesses collapse, our lives collapse, our marriages collapse, then we will be forced to make major changes. But that's unnecessary because you can make little changes and you can avoid the big ones. By just constant making little changes, it becomes more consistency. But it is, this principle is the principle of direction, and it is to follow direction. That's now, One
3: other thought I want to mention, because you say this a lot, um, people will make the comment, God told me, God told me. At that point, you pretty much cut off then the people helping to direct your life at that
4: point. That's right. When a person comes to me for advice, and then they tell me, well, God told me, and God told me this, and God told me that, and then I say, "Well, if God told you? Why ask me?" A lot of times, I don't believe that God told him. Yeah. But once the person—if once that's the real belief in a person—you you don't have to argue with it because you're not going to argue against with him anyhow. And when uh, sometimes people say, oh, "God told me," And I say, "Well, I you know I doubt that 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 was God. I think maybe you told yourself that, because if it violates a the principle, then it, it's not God. Because God, we have to understand that God lives by the laws He's set up. So." So when a person says that, that God told me this is okay, and if it directs a violation of God's law, then uh, then you can just know that it was not God that inspired them. It was something that they wanted for their favor right now, and so they accepted that. But then they use sometimes they use God to justify it because their conscience bothers them, or it's just what they'd like to have. And so they think God tells them everything. Not always God. Sometimes it's just for their own sake that they want something.
3: And we'll find out. <laughs> and we'll find out yeah, we'll find out. And <laughs> in a case up.
4: like that, I usually tell them, "Like, well, hey, let's just live life. You'll we'll find out whether that's true or not. You know, give it time; it'll prove itself. Life always does."
3: Proverbs twenty, verse twenty-four. The Productivity Principle of Direction. Since the Lord is directing our steps, why try to understand everything that happens along the way? How powerful, John.
4: Oh, yeah, this is a really good uh, principle because a lot of people are looking for direction in life and they lose their way. But I think it's kind of simple. Uh, I mentioned in the in the principle a lot that, uh, that current truth is always the current direction. So you have to always stay current with the things that are happening. And the whole key to finding direction is to be honest with yourself. Just flat, plain, honest with yourself. You will not go wrong if you're dishonest with yourself. Because you will find direction. That means that if you're honest with yourself, you'll keep a clear conscience and you'll walk in truth. Because anybody that really walks and wants to be honest then walks in truth. When he discovers truth, he will analyze it and then he will accept it. So he'll always walk in light. And then that keeps his conscience clear. That's why he has faith and confidence. He becomes a strong person because he's always walking in direction. He's always walking in truth. You can't stop the person. He's like that bowling pin. He just keeps coming up. That's the way it is.
3: Thanks for listening. Make sure to tune in tomorrow for the next edition of Transformation Radio.